Are you an adult with dyslexia? Are you longing for more in your life than the constant, relentless push and pull on your emotions that dyslexia can bring? What about those physical demands that require you to constantly shift gears, rethink? Can I do this? Well, my name is Hope, and I am your host. And I understand because I was diagnosed as an adult with dyslexia. And I often believed that I wasn't enough. Fear and shame were my constant companion. Until I met Christ, then everything changed. This podcast, Make Room for More, is devoted to encouraging and inspiring adults with dyslexia to make more room in their life for Christ. You will hear biblical truth that will uplift and challenge you to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. Thank you for joining me. Why did Jesus die? We must accept that there is an element of mystery about Jesus dying. This too is a topic that cannot be fully explained nor a subject that can be exhausted. Yet the Bible does shed light that gives us a profound hope that Christ's death did accomplish his purpose, making salvation possible for those who believe in him. I will attempt to share as it is given to us in Scripture, why Jesus died and why this was so important to the Godhead, to Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, not just to humanity. And I'm taking this position because it's important to view life through the lens of Christ, not just what we get out of it. So let's begin. I want to start off with reading John three twelve through 17 And it says, If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And so Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So even must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus' death, therefore, is the greatest demonstration of God's love for fallen humanity. It was foretold and taught long before he died, long before he laid down his life, long before he was nailed on the cross. He was, as it is written in John twelve thirty two. it says, And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. Yes, he was lifted up. Why? Because the wages of sin is death, and it still is. The cross informs us of two things, a profound love and hate. Here these two opposing forces are clearly seen. We see God's hatred of sin, yet as we behold Christ's life and his suffering and his death, we cannot deny his profound love for the sinner. Paul tells us in Romans 5, 6, and 8, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. 
but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This love story was first told to Adam and Eve. They fully, more than we, understand what sin cost and spent the rest of their lives telling of a soon coming Savior. That although their sins and the sins of humanity would eventually place Jesus on the cross, they better understood how profoundly they were always loved. Yes, they chose to believe Satan lies, but was given another opportunity to accept the truth. God had not withheld anything from them. And through Jesus, the world would know the truth as well. His love has redeemed us. The revelation of God's love is no passing thing to be cursely considered. Some are indifferent to it. Many question God's love because of life experiences. I say to those who are in the valley of decision about the love of God, the cross has the power to open our minds and our hearts to God's love, his character, and his nature. He has put his love on full display. One only needs to look up and keep looking up until the fog of doubt and that sense of entitlement clears our head and our mind. Consider this. What would happen if you broke the law and was arrested and no one, absolutely no one came to court? No one offered you support. No one visited you. No one came and stopped by to pray with you. No one offered to pay your bill. No attorney would take your case. Why? Because the evidence clearly showed that you are guilty. So as the overwhelming evidence is presented in court, you sit alone and the only verdict is guilty. While the verdict is being read by the jury and the judge is ready to pronounce the sentence of death, Jesus, who has been sitting in their courtroom day after day, he has heard it all stands up and walks to the front. He stops right beside you. He places his hand on your shoulder and you look up and you see the most profound love in his eyes. He holds your gaze and it blankets you in the truth of his kindness and his love because it is overwhelming. He walks to the judge's bench and says, yes, he is guilty and deserves death, but he's not ready to die. I will die for him. This will give him another opportunity with heaven's help, full support, full strength, full courage given to him by heaven to change his life. Jesus turns and looks at you and asks this one question. Do you accept my offer? So what do you say? There is only two options, his death or yours. When Jesus offers us his life and death, how do we respond to such love and mercy? We do it by accepting that Jesus has paid the penalty of our sins so that through him we would have the power over sin. Jesus died to reintroduce us to the Father's love. It's always been there. But we must never forget what caused Jesus to die. One word, sin. More specifically, our sin. In 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. 
And John tells us, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sins. First John 1 7. Because God so loved the world that Jesus sacrificed his life to bridge the gulf of sin that had separated us from God. In Isaiah 59, it says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. This gulf was so deep and wide that no human being or angel's life could reconcile us back to God. Only the death of our Creator could satisfy the claims of the law we had broken, that with the shedding of his blood our sins would be forgiven and our names would be retained in the book of life. And with Christ's suffering and the cruel death, we would finally understand and accept God's hatred for sin, that divine justice must be satisfied. We have this hope that his death was so powerful and still is, that if we choose to respond to it, we shall live. So each day remember, though family and friends may forsake you, Christ is your defense attorney. He is pleading your case before his Father, even right now. He, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and your guardian angel will testify of the transformation in your life. And since you accepted Christ to be your substitute and surety, you shall live. Jesus' death reveals to us his great love and that sin kills and destroys. But he came to give us life and not just any life, but his life, an abundant life. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, which is the life, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe in him. Thank you for tuning in each week to make room for more. If you would like to listen to archive shows, you may do so by going to www.makeroomformorepodcast.buzzsprout.com. Once again, thank you so very much for joining us and have a wonderful week.